So this afternoon I'd like to continue with another guided meditation and, and I'm just going to start with uh, pointing out the seven factors of awakening as they appear in the meditation in a certain sequence and then from there you know going to spaciousness and silence and uh, letting go so please find a posture you can sustain for 45 minutes And what I also want to say, you know, if you have different uh, methodologies of meditation, it's not necessary to follow my guidance, it's just a suggestion, because there's many different ways, you know, how meditation can be taught, and and one does not fit all. But in, in, in the practice, it's all about what's right for me, what works for me at a particular time of my practice life, or you know, a particular day. So it's just like the kind of practices which have worked for me over the years. That's what I teach because that's what I understand. And other practices I don't know, so I, I'm not going to teach them. But in this way, you know, one can go around and collect from various teachers and then find out for oneself and, you know, develop that confidence to make choices. And to, to know for oneself, you know, where is one coming from? Is it from a sense of wanting to avoid something? Or is it like, you know, that really speaks to me? So that's, you know, everybody's own responsibility. And I can only encourage that I trust. You know, you do know for yourself. If you really honestly look inside, everybody can know. So those seven factors for awakening, I mean, they are very, very fundamental for the early Buddhist teaching. That's, you know, one way how we can describe what needs to be trained in the mind, which qualities needs to be trained in order for the mind to be able to see through uh, karmic patterns and then through that seeing through, through that inside letting go occurs as a response, a natural response of the mind which has understood is letting go. It's not something we need to do or to force or anything of that nature. But it's more about empowering those natural qualities of the mind which can be expressed as the seven factors of awakening, the five spiritual faculties, the five spiritual powers. There's many different ways how we can describe it, but the seven factors of awakening are a very fundamental template. We can find it in the four Satipatthanas and it makes a lot of sense to me and it's very easily pointed out in our minds because those seven factors of the mind they need to be used for any kind of activity. Even if you're putting a key in a keyhole, you need them. But then if we refine them further, they can you know, go much deeper than just you know, unlocking a, a door. They can unlock much deeper doors inside. 
they are called the seven Bojanga. And you know the seven Bojanga <coughs> are also sometimes chanted as as a healing chant if there's like some serious sickness and even the Buddha, you know, has been uh, I think once sick and that chant was chanted and so they seem to be particularly powerful. So find a, a posture, then being aware of the whole body, sitting and breathing in and breathing out. And maybe, you know, bringing to mind our motivation, our aspiration for practice for a moment, remembering why we are doing this. And then pointing the mind to the present moment by being aware of the breathing. <coughs> and that's already the first factor of awakening, sati or mindfulness. And sati is a female noun in the Pali language and it describes a receptive quality. It's not you know, we have to run after something, but we're allowing our mind to be filled with that phenomenon. So it's not a hunting after some knowing, but it is allowing that to come to us. And in order, you know, to stay with that experience, to stay with that mindfulness, we need an interest in the object, in the phenomenon. That's the second factor of awakening, Dhamma Vichaya, or investigation of Dhammas, or interest. And then in order to really continue to stay with the object, not wandering off, we need energy, virya. It's the third factor of awakening. So there's already three factors here, just right now, just starting. Sati, mindfulness, tamavichaya, interest, and virya, energy. If you feel a little bit drowsy, you know, because you just had your meal, please, you know, maybe take a deep breath. Have an upright posture, open your eyes, look into the light. Just, you know, make your interest known by taking a body posture which expresses interest. And, you know, as soon as you take this different posture, you can... You can notice it has an effect on the mind. This is a very amazing equipment we've got here, body and mind. You don't really know where one starts and the other one ends. They're deeply interconnected. And 
and it's at the level of feeling, you know, where they interconnect because we have bodily feelings and mental feelings. So, sati, mindfulness, tamavichaya, interest, and virya, energy. It's already over there. So, I'm already staying with the experience, showing an interest in the breathing process. And staying with it. So sustaining the interest through applying energy. And then slowly, you know, we tension is released and it's, it's easier to stay. So the whole thing starts to get a little bit more smooth. And maybe like this, then ever so small uh, tingling or experience of joy or contentment, which comes from staying with the present moment experience. That's the next factor of awakening called pity, joy, subtle joy. And, you know, if there is no joy coming, you could help it by reflecting, for example, you know, on the good fortune of having this opportunity to be on retreat, keeping the precepts. Having found this teaching... And, you know, when the system experiences joy, then it starts to calm down. And the mind lets go even more. And that's the fifth factor of awakening, pasadi or calm. So it's a very natural sequence. We don't need to make it happen. It happens if we stay with the task. And then the mind, you know, which is calm, starts to, you know, come together more readily and the fragmentation disappears. And that's what we call samadhi. Collected, stable, composed, focused. The mind immerses itself in the object of uh, meditation, which is in our case the body breathing. Or anything else you might choose. It can be a meditation word, can be a visualization, can be the elements, the body parts, there's so many different opportunities to practice.
the kind of healing which occurs that the mind, the fragmentation is gone at least for the time of the sitting it's like you know a window, a cracked window and suddenly all of the cracks are gone and you can see clearly for that time there's also like a sense of spaciousness which comes with the samadhi it's not like a concentration which excludes everything else but one-pointedness where the point doesn't need to be small doesn't need to be like a pinhead can be as vast as the universe And there again, there's many different ways of practicing. And they are all suitable for different times and different characters. That's the seventh factor of awakening, upeka, equanimity. Connected yet spacious and superbly balanced. And in the scriptures it's described as a dwelling free from desire and discontent. Sometimes also compared with a bird's eye view. Seeing things in context. Leaving nothing out. So a deepening and widening of awareness. And then you know that enables us then to have more mindfulness, to be more intimately connected with our present moment experience. And then you know we're gonna go into the next round. And you know, in that way we're going deeper and deeper into reality and it's like a spiral we come back to the same place again but in a deeper way in a wider way seeing more the interconnectedness the context and it's not like you know uh, intellectual investigation but it's an intuitive knowing which is a different power of the mind than the intellect.
They're both important, but they, we need both of them. So and on the first number two, number three, number four, no, that's that wrong. Uh, the first three. No, the first one, sati is a, yeah, is a neutral quality, but then uh, the interest, energy and joy is more energizing, and then the calm, focus and Equanimity are more calming. So there's this different qualities depending on how we feel. We either need more of the calming qualities or more of the energizing one ones. So you know when we are really superbly balanced with this uh, upeka, free from desire and discontent, we can just uh, you know become aware of the spaciousness of that mind state, which is boundless in front of us and all around, above and below. The spaciousness which doesn't enter the walls of this room, but you know, goes on limitless. To relax into that spaciousness with the out breath, listen to the silence, listen to the space, and allowing the mind to really open up. So having the limitless space or the silence as an object for the mind to lean into. You know, if the mind contracts again around the thought because it feels uneasy, you know, that spaciousness, then Noticing it and coming back to the silence, to the space. And just slowly, you know, stretching the capacity of the mind to not contract. It's a habit. When, you know, the mind looks into, let's say, vast space, it has a tendency to always want to land on something that feels familiar, that feels kind of safe. But we want to wean the mind off from that habit by paying attention to such objects as silence or space, which are limitless. 
we can't really land on them in the usual way. Even they can help the mind to open. And, you know, be okay with not landing anywhere, really. And then, you know, making that becomes an acquired taste because we have the taste of freedom, which first, you know, we mightn't be able to appreciate it. But through training, you know, we start to, oh, there is something in that, you know, which is profoundly freeing. freeing us from this habit to have to nail something down. And then we can just, you know, drop the spaciousness as an object and become aware of that which knows about the space. This infinite consciousness, infinite knowing. Just coming, dropping the spaciousness and noticing that which knows about the spaciousness. It's like a little U-turn, you know, dropping and... being conscious of awareness. It's like being aware of the capacity of a mirror to reflect an image which comes before it. That is you know, the capacity of awareness, conscious awareness, being consciously aware of whatever is happening without any effort. The natural quality of awareness or the chitta. And again, you know, not, not thinking about what I'm saying, but just allowing the mind to receive that guidance and then when it's ready, it will respond by recognizing, by becoming conscious there's no need to push or pull, 
just allowing, not getting in the way. So resting as that knowing. It's also called Bhutto in the Thai forest tradition. Rikpa in the Sokchan world. It's a very subtle U-turn. Dropping the object and being aware of the subject itself. And any identification with that, also dropping that. It's not, it's not me or mine, it just is. Dropping the burden of the ego. No subject, no object, no selfing. Uh, a temporary liberation of the mind from any kind of clinging a little Nibbana as I said a few days ago as my first teacher called it just like a taste of a mind which is not clinging which is not contracting a mind which just is like the sky there might be some clouds moving through, but there's no need to grasp. Just let them go, let them move, let them do their thing. And, you know, in case the mind wanders off into some stories, just gently bring it back. And depending on how long that has gone on, either bring back to the breathing or silence. So no agenda besides allowing that fluidity, the flow, coming to the middle, not clinging left or right at the river bank. So that's a you know, natural exercise to wash away that craving that habit, to wean that habit off. Because it's a source of great suffering. 
So nothing in the worst being me or mine, nothing to own or nobody to be. Whatever is happening and happening, not rejecting and not getting involved. Just for the duration of this sitting. And then experiencing you know, how the mind naturally clarifies, like a glass of muddy water. If you don't stir it, the mud will just settle down by the power of this natural law. Just dropping the ego with a smile and seeing you know that's all happening, then nobody is in charge, no need. Awareness still knows. There's nobody behind all of that. And that's the refuge we can come back to again and again, that refuge of knowing or butto. Instead of identifying with what is known. So an awareness without judging, just allowing that natural process to unfold without getting involved, just giving the space, not picking and choosing, not interfering. And noticing how peaceful that is. That's a fluidity, uh, not a frozen state, but it's a process held in great spaciousness. And then, you know, if you like, you can open your eyes for a moment or two and just noticing that natural clarity. Which there's nothing which needs to be done or not done. That clarity it just is. 
and we don't need to you know exclude the world in order to be in that clarity it can also be experienced with open eyes that effortlessness of awareness then coming back again and you know noticing that vastness is so to say you know there's no difference between inside and outside on that openness you know within everything what's happening the whole mess of life the messiness if you give it the space it's just going to find its resolution and sometimes there's something we need to do and quite often there is nothing we need to do or can do. So that openness, spaciousness, that's the medicine. And sometimes that can be very, very taxing and uncomfortable. And at other times it's quite effortless and easeful. Depending on what got touched. Maybe some, you know, old trauma got touched and it can be very, very taxing. To allow that you know energy block to unfreeze and be integrated into the present, painful. That is the path. Then, you know, when we come slowly to the end of the meditation in about six, seven minutes, 
noticing also the impermanence of the most sublime state of mind, most spacious and liberated state of mind temporarily only so then there will be a time when it needs to come to an end either we need to do something or the bell rings or we the, something happens and then we need to be willing to put it down thank you for listening to learn how you can support the teachers and Dharma Seed, please visit dharmaseed.org slash donate.